0: nation.
1: Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimise your strength, health and mindset inside and out.
0: With your host, Steve Katazi. Guys, what a cracker of a discussion we have lined up for you today. I am joined by the one and only Kevin Teeler, is a talent and strengths coach at a company he founded called Sales Code and he got me to sit a psychometric online assessment, which is basically a personality assessment quiz um, by a company called Gallup and the assessment's called Clifton Strengths. He then joins me on this podcast to do a live readout of my report to bear everything Um, to really expose my personality, walks and all, and to help me understand what this report is saying in terms of my talents. And it's a great chat because it combines healthy debate with honesty, vulnerability, you know, some humor, as well as an insanely accurate assessment of how I show up and how, how Kevin shows up, because he bears his results too. We cover quite a bit in this discussion, and we're gonna go through the piece. So we're gonna go through the difference between talents, strengths, skills, and weaknesses, you know what it takes to be successful, how you need to leverage your talents to do so, what the Gallup's Clifton Strengths Assessment is, and how it differs from other type of psychometric assessments, and then Kevin walks me through my top five strength themes and how I should leverage those, but also how I can abuse those, i.e. how they can be weaknesses. We talk about the lack of certain things I would have liked to have seen in my top five that weren't there and what that means. We talk about compassion versus empathy and can you have one without the other? And then lastly, this really is about accepting yourself, not trying to be someone else, not trying to compare yourself to other people, but instead in knowing who you are, leverage your strengths and stop trying to create perfection on things that are your weaknesses. It's a really, really great discussion. Kevin is a phenomenal guy, and I hope you enjoy this chat. Adaptation. All righty. So, Kevin, welcome to the podcast, mate.
1: Thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure to be here today.
0: It is an absolute pleasure to be having this conversation. And um, often I'm speaking to Bryn. We've decided to change and upgrade Brin today to, to Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so let me introduce who you are, Kevin, and we'll kind of get into this. So, you and I, Kevin, have known each other for quite a while, but in the kind of IT security sales space. And um, over the last couple of years, you've transitioned from working in corporate IT now into uh, coaching, talent coaching. And in particular, Kevin works for uh, owns a company called Sales Code, and it's really about helping people identify their strengths, their talents, and helping guide them towards being the best version of themselves mentally and through their work practice. Kevin, I'm sure there's a better way to describe what you do. Do you want to take the mic for a second and kind of just kind of walk people through what it is you do?
1: Sure. Yeah, I think you described it pretty well. From an individual level, that describes very much what I do. Uh, the strap line for the company Sales Code is that Sales Code helps leaders of mainly technology companies to engage their teams to um, make them really high-performance, Steve. That's really what we're trying to get to, high-performance uh, teams. Very often sales teams, but not exclusively. And as I say, very often in the tech sector, but not exclusively. The way you do that to build a high-performance sales team is to really empower the manager because the manager is the the person that can make the biggest difference in the performance of the team and what you're trying to do is to really um, turn them from managers into coaches
0: mm-hmm.
1: right nobody wants to be managed but uh, ambitious people you think about sporting um, comparisons ambitious people want to be coached because they want to be better right yeah and, that and, makes sense. and, and the, the way of doing that is to recognize that we're all different. So if you try and you know, if you try and treat everybody the same, that's traditional training. Uh, individual coaching relies upon uh, understanding what's different about Steve and Kevin. I found the, um, as you say, the um, in certain circles very famous Clifton Strengths assessment. It's been taken by nineteen million people around wow. the world. yeah, nineteen million. That's a lot, right? Um, And what that enables you to do as a coach is to get a kind of readout on your special talents, Uh, a talent being a unique way of thinking or behaving. What's different about you? And then I can apply my coaching techniques to make you the best version of you, not the best version of me, which is what a lot of management is. Mm. You you go and hire people that are kind of like you, which is what I did when I was first a manager. Or if they're not like you, you try and mold them into being like you or whatever you think your ideal version of the ideal sales rep is. And it doesn't work, right? All
0: different, and I, I've definitely experienced that. I've experienced that uh, both as an employee and as someone who got given some responsibility to manage. Is you naively, especially when you take on the reins of managing people, you naively assume that if everyone can just be like me, then we'll be good, right? So this is how I operate. These are the tasks I do. This is how I think about what I do. Now, just go do it, and it was a disaster, if I'm honest, Kev. Just because I try, I, I set the standard to be my standard and i didn't really respect the fact that other people could achieve the same outcome in different ways Uh so when people were kind of going off piste it kind of frustrated me um but the reality is and i'm reading a book now by a guy called ray dalio which is a um he's the steve jobs of um hedge funds basically right he owns a company called bridgewater and he's very much about managers are engineers yes they're engineers of both the design of the company and the people. And he talks about understanding your people, both from interview through to probation through the whole tenure, and not putting people into the jobs they suit, but instead making sure they're the right people for the company and continuously assessing, going like, have they got the talents? And have they got the uh, kind of historical experience to give us what we need versus this person's not fitting, what else can we get them to do? Do you know what I mean? And it's a completely different view because I've worked in many companies where, you know, you're reluctant to get rid of people. You try and put them into roles that they're less crap at. In actual fact, (laughs) you should be managing good talent that respects culture, that respects improvement, and is comfortable taking feedback, good or bad. And I think, I guess that's kind of what you guys are doing is you're trying to explore both what people are good at but in an implicit way, you're also making them aware of the things that are not naturally in their wheelhouse. Would that be fair?
1: Yeah, you're crossing to the dark side. With, when we, we're trying to avoid using the word weaknesses, right?
0: <laughs> I think you've got to know it, right? You if, do. If you're you do. a growth-minded person, you've got yes. to know where your strengths are and where things naturally don't fit your personality type or the way in which you're wired.
1: Yes. In the, in, the, um, in the positive psychology world, we talk about non-strengths, <laughs> but actually, <laughs> and, and perhaps maybe just a quick definition of what a, a strength is. I said a talent is a natural way of thinking or behaving. So an example of that would be um, communication is a talent. I, I'm, it's one of my top five themes. Apparently, I'm a good communicator, but listening is a skill. So you need ha- you, to have a talent and apply it with effort you know, and convert it into a strength, right? Mm-hmm. So a, a good example. So you, can I, I can become a good listener by working at it if I've got a good talent to do it. And people can be, most people can be average at most things. But as you say, really success in life comes from being excellent. Mm-hmm. And excellence comes from really knowing what your talents are and focusing mainly on those. At the same time, you do want to be aware of what your weaknesses are. And my experience tells me that weaknesses do not normally exhibit as things that you don't have, they normally exhibit as an overuse of something that you do have. So again, a good example of that with me to extend the communication um, analogy is that um, I'm very good at talking. I've not always been a great listener, right? And, and there's they, so that's a weakness. So if I don't if I don't really work on the listening, then it, it's a weakness. Because in selling, and any kind, and coaching particularly, it's been great for me because people pay me to listen to them, Steve. Right? It's great. I mean, people pay me mm. to listen to them, and sometimes they pay me quite a lot of money. if You know, if if they're executive, high end executives, and you know, you someone's going to pay me a lot of money, I'm going to listen to them. And my wife has actually uh, been married for thirty years. She's she's actually commended me recently on my improved listening skills well done yeah so so you know you you need to invest time (laughs) once you know what your talents are invest time in in understanding them but also do be aware of particularly overusing them in your case just to pick up on something quickly sorry to interrupt you but one of your talents is in fact four of your talents are what clifton strengths identifies thinking talent themes so if you put all of those together you could be thinking a hell of a lot without really
0: doing anything. Your right? greatest strength can be your weakness and vice yeah, versa, right? right? Exactly. And I, I totally get that. So part of the reason we're having this conversation is as I'm thinking about developing you know, the narrative and the discussion, the value to uh, people engaging with adaptation, I'm trying to think through how do we have a productive conversation about exploring improving people's mindset, getting people to... Uh, take more action, better understand themselves, measure where they're currently at with a view to improve, whatever improvement sounds and means to you. And this conversation, I just think is perfect, because what I would like to do, if you're okay, why don't we explore the kind of psychometric test that you had me do a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's explore what that brings up in terms of my uh, talents or strengths, and see the the flip side of both those strengths and how they could be perceived as weaknesses i'm happy for this to go wherever you want i expect <laughs> you know it's going to show some things that i'm proud of and also some things that i know get me into trouble um and maybe at the back end of this conversation if it's appropriate we can kind of point people towards how they can go about performing this same test for themselves sure just to again get to know where you're at measure where you are and understand if there's a an improvement plan to uh, take an advantage of who you are
1: yeah absolutely
0: yeah? steve that's a good that's a good idea i uh, the great thing about clifton
1: strengths is it's the test that you can't fail because <laughs> uh, everyone's got talents yeah right people that's one of the first questions people often do ask is well you know they're quite worried will, will it come back that i've actually got no talents
0: did i do it well yeah did I do it well or, or
1: yeah. that you've got talents that um you lack the talents to do the job that you're currently doing that
0: must be that must happen quite a lot. Well,
1: that's an interesting one because um, you you think you and I have done quite similar jobs. We have both been you know successful salespeople. We both manage teams in the tech sector. Our talents are we only share one that's the same. So quite different. So you know there are many many ways of getting to the same destination.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not what you've got; it's what you do with it. I think that's the same in in uh, you know physical fitness business largely, isn't it? That we know people who. Have not been the most physically
0: blessed, but have worked really hard at what they've got. You know, you've got to know what you've got before you can work on it. I'll, I'll give you an example that kind of springs to mind: is when, when you put, I don't know, a sales guy into into a role which is very, you know, focused on developing their territory. So it requires an engagement with channel and distribution. Yes. Or you put them in a role which is very strategic, and you need to go a mile deep in one account. Two very different personality types, but as companies start off, you you find people you like, yeah, who, who are like you, and then you get them to do jobs that you can't do, yes. and then you're and then you get frustrated that they can't do it either. <laughs> you get you get a strategic sales guy to try and open up a territory where it's all about many connections, lots of relationships, uh-huh. speaking to lots of resellers, setting up the the infrastructure that can be clunky. So you've got people selling on your behalf. And I know I was rubbish at that, but I had to do that at some points in my career. Yes. Um. And I'm it's just it doesn't sit well with me. You give me you give me a complex problem, you give me a complex account, you give me relationships I need to develop through time, and I'm in my wheelhouse. But you ex- you ask me to spin a million plates, I just could never do it. No, do you well, know what I mean. Right. Absolutely. So We're you've, all you've got to put yourself in the right spot. Sure. So why don't we talk through what my what what this test? Well, yeah. So pulled out.
1: Yeah, sure. Why don't we Why don't we do that? Um, just to explain what Clifton Strengths is. It was developed by the little old gentleman that comes out in the front of your report, Don Clifton. He was originally a um, clinical psychologist. Now, clinical psychology, as you, as you probably know, it's important in your work, is mostly and traditionally looking at what's wrong with people,
0: because
1: mm-hmm. you're usually using it to apply remedies to people with serious, long-term medical ailments, mental, medical mental issues. issues yeah. yeah. So sometimes psychosis or, um, you know, some, some sort of disorder as we would classify Versus it productive
0: be. coaching. Exactly. exactly.
1: Yeah. So you're looking at what's wrong with people, right? And trying to fix it. He said, wouldn't it be interesting or what would happen if, which is the sort of question you would ask actually, but we'll come back to that in a minute. What would happen if you turn that lens around and said, let's use the same technology to look at what's right with people. Okay, and actually in sporting, in most sports, you'll find a lot of sports coaches will not spend a lot of time running through plays that have gone wrong. They'll spend a lot more time running through plays in a match that have gone right. Okay, so it's very, you know, this is a new 20 years ago when this came out, it was a new way of thinking. It was a paradigm shift. So that's what he did. And originally, with the first versions of the um, assessment, he would just ask you questions. Right. At that time, he was working for Gallup which is a market um, research company. What, are the, what, are the, what do market research companies do? They stop people in the street asking questions. Mm-hmm. So he said, well, I can figure out what people's talents are by A, observing them, and B, asking them some really clearly defined questions. And that takes you so far as a coach. If you don't have an assessment like lift and strengths, it's still a valid way of understanding what's different about people. But then he kind of figured out, well, look, if we could put this on scale, if we could, you know, we can automate this. We can use... If you like rudimentary artificial intelligence, put it online. Develop this question set that you answered, which is 177 paired questions, um, one end of the scale or the other. We can make it faster. We can make it more accurate because if you give people too long to think about a question, they'll kind of kind of, kind of come up with the answer that they think is appropriate, mm. right? So that's why it's so quick. So you get 177 of these questions. You've got to answer it in less than 45 minutes. Some highly analytical people struggle with that process. But we know now that this is the most accurate way of getting back a report that indicates what's clever about Do you. Know you. What?
0: The first question... I, I I didn't realize there was a time limit, so the first question it just it just advanced. Yeah, I was like, Whoa, What's going on? I've got to well, move on, and, and, and then I just picked then up. Then you're pace. suddenly into it, right? Yeah. But a, a lot of the
1: time, quite often, you know, you'll feel you can bowl down the middle or go either way on these questions. Yeah. Um, they've all been very cleverly designed, um, because when you get your report back, and this was what drew me into it, I was asked to do this assessment by a previous employer, and um. That's such a funny experience, you know. Got this code through. I had to to run it, I'm, and you're going. It's a Thursday night, and we wanted it done by Friday morning. And I'm going, oh boy, you know. I actually said to my wife, I'm sure that I've been given this because they want to find out whether I'm a good salesman or not. You know, it felt like an assessment as, yeah, as yeah. to my job suitability. Have we got? Have we got the right? Have we got the right, the right guy? Role? Yeah. And she said to me, she said, uh, "Wouldn't it be funny if it came out that you weren't thirty <laughs> years in the wrong job?" <laughs> You know, but anyway, when I, so I, was, I didn't go into it in a very positive frame of mind. Yeah. Um, and then when I got the report back, Steve, it was like, wow. You know, it really, really did seem to uh, to describe me in, in a lot of detail. I thought, gee, how do they know this? Um, and it's so interesting. Again, you know, if you look at my, my strengths, we share one, you and I, Achiever. But because the other four in our top five are different, my report on Achiever, the paragraph in My Strengths Insight Report that you've got copy on the desk over there, is very different from yours.
0: Mm. Now, I could see it felt it wasn't just block test, no. copy and paste. It felt like as if there was context within within, yes. within the language it was using. Yeah, so it was an aha moment for me. And, and, and is there a difference between, sorry to interrupt mm. you there, is there a difference between uh, this specific style of testing and other... um Myers-Briggs or Mm -hmm. other type of psychometric testing is it all much of the same thing because they're all you know quick fire multiple choice questions Uh normally what's the difference is there a difference is it just the quality of the algorithm and the thoughtfulness of the questions or is it approaching the problem in a completely different way that itself is a good question. You see, you're demonstrating good. I mean, I, I
1: knew this was going to be good fun because great questioning. Great salespeople ask great questions, right? MBTI, Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, is um, very useful, broadly adopted, um, more general in its application than uh, Clifton Strengths. And there's some stuff I don't like about it so much. I mean, it 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 it, it still uses what is now fairly, um, arguably, out of date. Um, descriptions of people. So for instance, we'd say you're very high on an extrovert scale or not, right? Mm-hmm. Most people don't present at one end of the scale on extroversion very often. Most people are somewhere in the middle anyway, right? That some people do. I mean, actually, bizarre. incidentally, may not be a surprise. Anyone that knows me. I do come out very high on the extrovert scale, but not, surprised. You know, not a surprise <laughs> to people that know me, but that's quite rare. So, and many people now can flex a bit. So the two things I'm I'm not so keen with MBTI. One is one is this is a bit binary. The other is it's quite easy to label people uh, to say, well, he's an extrovert. Oh, so you're trying to
0: stick a specific label to yeah. a person, whereas yeah, with with Gallup, there's uh, no Pitcher label Strengths, There's no label. Instead, no. it's These are your talents. Yeah, right. I mean, okay. we could
1: say with you if you want to be, if you really wanted to, really, you could say, well, Steve's more of a thinker than anything else, right? Because the, the predominance of your talents in the top five are thinking but right it you know it it doesn't really describe you and label people as a thinker it. doesn't really help right okay um so that's the background to the assessment i use it um as many coaches around the world do to help people to be as best as they can be um and to help managers to get the most out of their teams and then leaders are really getting the most out of their managers you know it's a it's a process my work is is mostly with business um, and individuals in business help you know who you got on your team yeah. and how to manage them and get the best out of them. Exactly. Got it. Exactly. I mean, incidentally, um, have we got time for a story?
0: Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, always. I'm not sure if I told you this before, but um, and I can verify this story now because I had to catch up with the person involved. I first became a young manager of a team of five people when I was 28. Um, so it's over 10 years ago now. <laughs> 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 just Um, just yeah just over 10 years ago now um and i hired a guy who um after i'd been doing this for about six months i had a chap who came into my interview i'll never forget this guy and i'll mention his name because i've got permission to use it today he's called keith talbot keith and i spoke for the first time in about 20 years last week because i knew i was going to be doing this and i wanted to verify the story to make sure what i was recalling was actually true anyway the interview um is such a character He, he he was um he, he seemed to be a, a bit older than me, and he, and, he, and he was. He was seven or eight years older than me, which when you're 28 feels like quite a big age gap. Mm-hmm. And he sat down opposite me in the interview, and I said to him, because you could do quite hard, aggressive interviews in those days without people getting too offended. I was quite arrogant then. So I said to him, why should I hire you? Why should we, you know, we're the market-leading company. He opened this big case he had. It was like a pilot case, you know, those things with a lid on it. And he pulled out a trophy and he stuck it down the desk. (laughs) He said, I was the top salesman at my last company, four years running. And I thought, well, that's ballsy. (laughs) (laughs) So I hired this guy, Keith, even though I didn't much like him, frankly. Um, Anyway, he'd been working for me for a few months. It wasn't going very well. He he just, he annoyed me. I annoyed him. I could see he had talent. I didn't know what his talents were, obviously. This is 30 years ago. Oh, whoops. Blew mm. That one. <laughs> not anyway, he called me into a meeting after I'd been there. Called, and I go like, what's he calling me into a meeting for? Cheeky, you know. Would like to swear on these cars? Cheeky, yes. what's it? Yeah. Um, and he sat me down in the meeting room. He said, Kevin, I need to tell you something. I go, okay, go and bring it on then. He said, uh, this isn't working, is it? I said, not really. He said, why do you think that is? And I said, you're a bit awkward, frankly. So, you probably think I'm a bit awkward. He said, "Look, let me tell you something." Um, okay, he said, "You can't manage everybody the same way." That's what I did. I paused and I thought it's a bit of an aha moment. You can't manage everybody the same way. And I said, right I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, we're all different." He said, "I don't need my ass kicking like." Joe, because I kick my own ass. So you need to treat me with a bit more respect for what's different about me. Um, And again, I had this conversation with Keith, when I was 28, he was 36. We just spoke again, we hadn't we hadn't really kept in touch over the years. But this resonated with me, I I spent the next um, 30 years trying to apply that process. Of understanding what's different about people, and it wasn't until three years ago when I found this the Clifton Strengths Assessment that I had a scientific way of identifying what's different that's about brilliant. people. That's brilliant, and that that and you know, and so yeah, I had that. I, I spoke again to Keith. He lives in um, Devon now on a on a farm, probably not much different to the one that you've got here, and seems to have had a
0: pretty good life. So we had a really good chat. Yeah, oh, that's brilliant. And is he? does he think fondly of the time that you guys spent with each other on some? well yeah
1: i think he does now i think you know he's we've both done you know we've both been successful in 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 many ways i suppose from a business point of view you know what probably his profile may not have been that different to yours um because he he was more of a strategic thinker he was more of a long-term planner i was always about you hit the damn phone now. Immediately. Oh, completely. Yeah. I mean, you don't sit there. And he would. He's the sort of guy who would. He'd actually want to study and learn the products before he sold them. And I, in those days, I. I many calls if you done? Yeah, I would have <laughs> been. do it now. I mean, because yeah. it's it's me, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, a f- fascinating,
0: fascinating uh, call to have. That's a great that story, time. man. That's great. Right. Hit me. Hit what, you. What, what have you learned about me? Well, what we, I think that what we what have we learned about you? But what next, what are the the? Do you want to just list out those labels that yeah. has come out as those strengths? Just yeah. so we can explore those. Yeah, though? absolutely. Let's not call them labels though. <laughs> Descriptions,
1: strengths. Yeah, Don Don Clifton identified thirty four talent themes. So they're actually in arguably individual talents grouped together to make it easier. We've all got more, many more than 34 talents actually, but to ease of classification. Okay. And then you put them in four domains to make it even easier to understand what they really mean. And those four domains, if we start there are thinking, um, executing, influencing and relationship building. Right? Okay. So these, these, these four domains, if, if we apply, um, your top five, um, and and by the way, at some point we, we probably want to go deeper down because you you'll have talents below your top five that you can readily access as we all can. But if we just look at your top five, you've got learner, input, futuristic, and strategic. So it's all in all in thinking. Apart from the 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 um the Joker in the pack is achiever, mm-hmm. right? Which is the one that you and I share. Incidentally, all of mine. Um, are influencing apart from um, I've got one which is an execution theme and that's the achiever so it's not not that unusual to be predominantly in one bucket or the other yeah. many people would say looking at my profile classic salesman's profile because selling is all about influencing that's what they'd say so you've got an unusual profile but but you no, know, for the work that
0: you did ended up
1: becoming i think very appropriate
0: and I would say I'm like, just looking looking at those and I know you will explore what they mean in a bit more you've got learner Input, futuristic, and strategic. In my mm-hmm. mind, that's learn your product, you know, seek feedback, yeah. Uh, think, think about the future, mm-hmm. and design a master plan to go yes. execute against. Yeah, uh, and that's kind of how I stumbled into earning the money that I did. Is I wasn't necessarily particularly good at many of the jobs that were give I was given. No, but I found a way to create the role that I wanted Mm. by effectively executing in a way that started to make money for the companies I've worked for. And I'm like, okay, you keep doing that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's, let's give you more complex accounts. Let's give you less accounts. Let you focus on those bigger deals. Yes. And, um, yeah, and I don't think it was instant. I don't think it was purpose driven from either side. It was more like I was getting drawn to doing what my brain wanted to do. Yeah. And once the money started coming in, my managers would continue to shape that role to support, me bringing in more money for them. Did, did they did they do that incidentally? Your managers, um, for the most part, I think. If if I think about you know my two, um, you know, kind of premier roles within the IT security sales space, both evolved into you know Steve establishing a um, a big book yeah. with a few accounts, and you know doing do my best to support you know relationships and customer success and doing bigger deals, and um. It didn't have to go that way. You could have kept me in a different box. You could have stopped me being distracted because it looked like distraction. Yeah. But we, we let that story play out. So that was quite, it's quite interesting that when you talk about learner input, futuristic and strategic, they resonate, even though you haven't given me the definition of what they mean. Yes. As I've read through the document, it does make sense that you know, I ask, ask a lot of questions. <laughs> and I, I piss a lot of people off, Kev, because I'm yeah. constantly curious Yes. When I was a kid, I remember my uncles would say to me, even today, So Steve, you used to piss us off. We'd be driving down the road and you just got you got 50 questions at me. First couple, we can handle them. It's cute. A few more, okay, fine. Kids clearly curious. And then at some point, they just want to shut me up. Yeah. And the same happens in all the meetings I'm in as well, right? All these kind of business meetings, you might have 10, 15 people in the room, which is the worst, when you've got lots of people. And I can't help myself. Ask one question start the ball rolling. again towards the end of the time, ask another question. People want to go for lunch. And I've got, oh, just one more. Like Columbo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, that's a really good point. Um,
1: a lot of people listening to this call, well, only you've seen Columbo on the reruns on ITV3, right? He was the um, TV detective, wasn't he? Yeah. Who got... played it dumb. But yeah, he just, did. He
0: always used to find the criminal. I've got right? fond
1: memories of him. i tell you, that he was the only, um, it, that was the only American TV program that my father would watch. Um, and that and and also Columbo looked a lot like my dad. Oh really? So I love that programme. <laughs> he looked a lot like him and he was quite a similar character. I haven't yeah, he seen him for so long. It was it was was a little guy, he was a too. little guy with a lot of a big, right. thick head of hair like my dad. And just
0: very unassuming and just very like, unassuming. kind of stumbles into things. Yeah. It looks like as if he's making mistakes and then just trips people up with his yeah, you know, unarming ways. It's quite cool. Well
1: he's he's what's great about Columbo is um many things actually, but from a from a sales point of view, there's a lot to learn from Columbo. Because he would ask He always had know, always penetrating questions. Real and you know, and coaching is about asking penetrating questions. Really which really get to people and try and open them up, right? Which is what you're trying to do. But yeah, you would be great at
0: that, all that question stuff. Do yeah. You know what we we're watching, and I know this is digressing a little bit. Um we're watching a uh, documentary on Netflix called Staircase. Right. Staircases. Have you heard of it? No. It's a um not the Netflix generation. <laughs> well, you, you should. I, I I wasn't. I am so... Right. There's certain things I'm bleeding edge and there's other things that I let kind of go by until it becomes so unavoidable. We've got to step into it. Sure. Netflix only became part of my life last year. And uh, we've watched a couple of series. They're really good for, you know, off the wall, different narratives and different kind of like documentary series. We're watching this one, which is basically live footage of a murder case. Mm-hmm play out about 10 years ago in in the US and I won't go through with all the details basically a wife um, just spontaneously died and f- was found at the bottom of the staircase and they're trying to pin it on the husband yes and you walk him through the whole process of the defense and the you know the dist- district attorney trying to you know you know put put the the guy behind bars and you, you see the process of lawyers and how they prepare for their opening statements and the evidence they put together and the analytics of it. And there was a scene last night, it was so funny. The guy is preparing for his opening statement the day before. So he's in the courtroom, he's got, he's got an opportunity to rehearse, he's got some guy behind a computer who's tapping a button so he can put the screen up of different pictures as he's talking. And everything was going wrong. The guy was pressing the wrong buttons. The wrong pictures were going up on the screen. Uh, people kept interrupting. The phone kept going. And Michelle said, boy, that guy is so like you. He was getting arsy. He was getting so <laughs> fucking frustrated. The guy the guy behind the computer screen was saying, look, you know, it's fine. I'll get it right tomorrow. And he's like, no, you won't fucking get it right tomorrow. We're going to do it until midnight if we have to. I, I ain't going into this cold. I ain't going into this not prepared. And she said, you know, these guys, they ask questions, they're analytical, they like to prepare their presentations, they like, they like to think things through. Yeah. And she said, that's exactly you. She said, you should have been a fucking lawyer.
1: Well, you're right. It's a great, she's made a really good point there. So It's a funny, really good man. point. It's a really good I could see your eyes light up when you were talking about it. You know, you, there's, there's a clue to talents, actually. When you If you don't know what people's talents are, observe them. It tells you quite a bit. I mean, you enjoyed that whole pro. You
0: were sort of thinking, yeah, I could have could it was just funny because yeah. his his RC ways they just reminded me yeah. of the the arguments i had in my corporate gigs where mm. i'd make people cry not necessarily just that like i get so passionate about the the perfect image of how something's going to play out yes. and for whatever reason it isn't yeah. you know someone's not stepping up to the plate mm-hmm. they've made a mistake which i thought they should have known better mm. and i can't help in the moment when time pressure is on me to kind of like pop a little bit.
1: But you're not a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants. No, 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 no. No, see, I am. I'm, I'm Mr. Fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants. <laughs> it's just, you know, yeah, absolutely. Very very comfortable doing that. Don't like to over-prepare, uh, which
0: is why, you know... Which one... is good for communicating, because when you over-prepare, sure. it can come across yes. a bit too contrived and, yeah. you know, yeah, trying no, to manipulate people. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely right.
1: You and I would have been a good complementary pair, actually, in, in business. And in fact... Um, there is a guy, I will give you his surname, It's called Paul. We work, in, in coaching land, we don't, um, we don't share strengths without permission, but his strengths profile is very similar to yours. Uh, he's someone I've worked with in the past very successfully. So that's another thing you learn once you know what your strengths are, right? And by the way, back to talents and strengths, they become strengths when you work on them. And if you don't know what you've got, they're never going to become strengths. They just might be latent talents that you don't productively use. As you, as you talk, I, I know that you have worked on these um, uh, talents and you turn them into strengths right and i'm I'm using mine today because communication mm-hmm. the way to develop that into a from a talent into a strength
0: is to practice it and here we are today communicating and, and you know you know actually go through the process of learning learning and developing new skills in in that talent area yes and i'll, I'll give you an example you know the whole strategic side from from my perspective, this idea of being able to see a complex web of interconnected moving parts mm-hmm. and starting to stitch them together into a story arc. Yeah. And, you know, understanding kind of organizational structures, who's connected to who and the game plan to get from, you know, where we are today to Tuesday on the road where you got a client to sign up to a multi million dollar deal. That would just happen, but the things that resonated most in all the training that I ever had at any other companies I worked for was anything that kind of helped further develop that for me. Yes. That created systems that gave me visualizations yeah. that put it into Salesforce or, or created tools to help me see what's in my mind and put it out in a way which can articulate it Yes. to other people that can't see it. Yes. Because that was probably the hardest thing for me was I'd have this master plan but it's a ball lake trying to document it yes. for other people to follow. And that I'd be asked that all the time, like, Steve, right, what's your business case? What's the business plan? <laughs> what's the org chart? Who's done what to who? I'm like, I know you need it, and I know it'd be great if our sell, our account team is all on the same page, but that's like a week's worth of work on one account. So then when you give me tools to make that easier, so then we're using the same vernacular, we've got the same way of looking at things, it's a dynamic tool versus like a Word document, then my eyes light up because yes, now you're systematizing absolutely. my knowledge and helping me go deeper and faster in the skill set that I identified as strategic. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And you've touched on something else. I mean, you know,
1: it's, um, we're a bit off piece here again, but what makes people successful, in my opinion, and other people's opinion, and I spent a bit of time trying to figure this one out. Um, It's a combination of five things. Would you like to know what those five things are? Hit me, man. Tell me. So talent, number one, right? And yes, people can be. There is this kind of theory, which is becoming popular in some circles, that we can all be anything we want to be. It's actually not true. I mean, the truth is, we can probably all be average at most things if we work really hard at them. So it's possible. I mean, there are there have been some moderately successful uh, basketball players that are under, you know, six and a half feet tall, but there aren't many of them, right? Mm -hmm. So you you can be moderately successful if you work really hard. Most people can be moderately successful at most things. Talent is important. Even if the most successful people in the world have talent, right? The next thing is attitude, isn't it? You know, that's a whole podcast on its own. What is attitude? Well, attitude, to me, the quick definition of attitude would be, um, attitude is how you look at the world and it's not as simple as having a good or a bad attitude in coaching the attitude that we like to have I and mean, you may have come across this the growth mindset have you heard mm-hmm. of that
0: right? Yeah, it's, it's a term i use all the time yeah absolutely
1: yeah. and it, me too so um growth you know do you really want to do you really want to grow as an organ as a person so there's a, there's a good mindset to have and attitudes can be changed a, a bit right you can adopt slightly different attitudes once you know talents can be polished as we know but not substantially changed skills you can develop Yep. right they take time but you can develop them knowledge you can gain
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the last one is um style my definition of style is if if attitude is how you look at the world style is how the world looks at you as i see you the way you're dressed there's a style about you the way you you know you like nice clothes you've got a nice watch you know there's a certain hair looks great you could, Presidential hair, Steve.
0: <laughs> what Trump style? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, no. You, you. There's always, you
1: know, you know, you, the bald bald uh, politicians don't do well anymore. Unfortunately, Churchill well, would ones
0: have struggled. comb do. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's got a bit. Of, he's got. That's why he's got the comb over.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Churchill would have struggled in the televisual age now, Funny. because we don't elect bald leaders as a rule. Um, but yeah, the style. I mean, Churchill was a great example. You know, he didn't actually like cigars that much, but he always had one. Because it was it, was it was his style, yeah. Columbo. I mean his his style. We we all know Steve Jobs always used to wear the same clothing, pretty much. Right, it was yeah. a black turtleneck sweater. So there's a visual style. But it's more than that. You can talk about your style of management. That's interesting. So, so it's those five things. That that, uh, that's what I believe is in the most important. Of yeah, success. I mean, and, and you know, if you ask me, really, what? Um, where i probably uh, i'm not i i could have done better on attitude i mean that conversation we were talking about that i had with keith all those years ago that was a bad attitude on my part actually and partly a lack of knowledge but if you get those 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 things working in harmony you're, mm. you're
0: going to be a very successful person for sure so talk us through a little bit more on the these strength things yeah. that you found so chill sure. I've kind of banded them around a few times. Should we knowing, drill into it? Yeah. You? So, no, so no, t- knowing yeah. that we've not given well, the, a good enough description for no. all of them, just a high level. So, okay. On those five, are these five as you've written them down: learner, achiever, input, futuristic, and strategic? Are they in like ranked order?
1: That that, that is the order they 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 present on your report. Actually, okay. the order doesn't really matter. Um, I mean, it's it's that they somewhere in your top five, and okay. it's usually going to be. You know, in, in in that in that order, but it's it's a good place to start, right? So, what what does learner mean? I think I know what it means, but
0: explain. Learners
1: have a passion to know more, so that's what it's really all about. Learners actually um, always want to be reading; they've always got some. They're always consuming information. Always fascinated by how how they can can do that. I mean, it ties up nicely with input, which is your next thinking theme, because input uh, people are collectors right did you were you a collector did you collect things as a kid
0: yeah a few things like for example the kids are doing a sticker book collection right now and it's kind of lit me up because I used to do that as a kid I used to buy you know basketball cards and (laughs) sticker books and stuff like that I used to love all that stuff collect all the different versions of different toys yeah that was a big thing but I don't have any big collections now you know like stamp collections or coin collections or I don't I don't kind of See myself as a collector, but I have that tendency. If
1: you know, well, yeah, it might be something you come back to when you get to be an old fart like me. You might start, you know, collecting (laughs) things again, right? Vintage books or something like that. There you go, man. You know, I mean, there's so so those two. That is a good example of how things can learner and input can work together in that sense. Your next thinking theme is futuristic. Uh, You 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 demonstrate that as you speak because you 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 do talk about the future quite a lot. I can see that with you and your sort of roadmaps of clients you know seeing what the future could be showing them what what
0: what great could really look like you know if we were to do this so is it would you say futuristic is vision someone who yeah. has expresses the ability to have vision and exp- yes. and share that with others yes yeah okay yeah and and you do that don't you because not everyone can no um, have a a view into the future and I'll give you an example my, my wife um, Michelle. Um, She has many talents and I think we're incredibly complimentary and I'm so lucky to have her because she really does iron out all the kinks in my personality and I've got many of them. (laughs) Um, But when I ask her, like when we get into deep and meaningfuls or I I find that we kind of lost our way a bit, you know, I'll ask her simple things like close your eyes and see. tell me what you see in five years time. Like where do we live? What the kids look like? What's our life set up? You know, just explain what you see. And she can't go there. No. I have to tease it out. I have to start framing it up. I have to start putting pieces in so she's got part of the future and then she'll fill in some blanks. But if I just say white piece of paper, express the future, the future for her is very uncertain. The future for her is up to others. Right. And, and she's she will go with the tired. Yes. Whereas for me, I, I, I really don't like that. Like the idea that I can't, quote unquote, control. Yeah the future or at least have a say in it mm-hmm. you know be at the be at the you know the, the the wheel of the ship so yeah. to speak i don't like that so no. I, I need to have a view of what that target state looks like and being able to kind of point my effort towards it well it's interesting is, that it's say? The, is it am, am i no it's the language you use is so interesting you know i'm,
1: I'm on a ship going in a destination you are on a journey into the future aren't you in your own mind which is great. I mean, again, so you can tell people's talents from how they communicate and oftentimes. Um, but I, it, what it ties up nicely with, and this is what's so interesting, not just the individual talents that you have, but how they work together. Strategic is about planning. So strategic and futuristic together. Kind of need to go together, don't they? Yeah, well, they don't need to go together. Well, they, they probably do actually, but they, they very often don't go together in the same person. Okay.
0: Um, so you can have a visionary who can't, put together a master plan to support that vision. Sure. I suppose you can get people like that, people that can mm-hmm. say lofty things and get people excited about, you know, the future. Yeah. But then they need to hire people that are going to plan the future for yes. them. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Okay. Well, you
1: can see the future but you can also construct a plan to get there. Right. Right and, then, and of course then with achiever, which is again the joker in the pack because it's the one that is not a thinking theme. achiever's all about doing. You, you can see the future, you can have a plan to get there and you will bloody will do it. So Brilliant. if someone if someone said to me, would you put money on Steve to achieve his goal um, of making an adaptation,
0: you know, what what is the goal? Is it the number one or something? What have you got? Oh, it's, it's a kind of global high level purpose, which is just to help people be their best. So at right. whatever scale I can achieve, mm-hmm. now then there'll be metrics and a look at the business and yeah. you know, how we engage and how we interact money, all that kind of stuff. They're all part of, you know, the plan, but the vision yes. is to be a you well-known know, service to help people, you know, grow, develop, be their best in whatever capacity through whatever services I can provide.
1: Well, with your talents, I'd put money on you to achieve that. Um, I mean, you know, what, what I've done is starting my own business is not perhaps visionary because what I'm doing is I'm taking an existing technology and capability and I'm modeling what other successful coaches have done I'm not the only person that works using Gallup strengths. There are six thousand accredited coaches around the world now, right? Okay, and many of them working in business. So, I'm, I'm, what I'm doing is not unique, um, and I don't think I would have done that because I don't have futuristic or strategic. I don't have the vision that you've got. So, I'm much better at modeling what's been successful elsewhere and then getting to do it.
0: Understood. Right? So, then what would, what would, would you, as your kind of talents, would it, would you leap into the unknown? Or, or if someone gave you a shiny, new, exciting idea that's never been done before, would you be comfortable to leap into that unknown space? Well, I know, so you're turning the turning the, the torch <laughs> around.
1: You're turning the mirror to the coach. So my, my talents might be useful to identify those. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. So I've yeah. got command, communication, self-assurance, achiever, and um, what's the last one? Yeah. Uh, do you know you always run out of them don't you anyway that's a good that's a good (laughs) start (laughs) yeah that's a good start you know it's a live podcast when when you know the coach can't remember his top five but (laughs) command is all about uh, i'm i'm command is really a being comfortable in a leadership position to some extent right but also does lead you to um, more likely to tell people what to do than ask them okay right that that kind of thing. Self assurance um, is a little bit different to self confidence, but it's kind of like an inner feeling. You know what you're doing is right. So that's pretty helpful. Do you, need,
0: do you not need do you not need constant external assurance then to feel happy with how you're showing up? Great question.
1: Great question. That's that that speaks to are you internally referenced or externally yeah. referenced? and i'm more internally referenced so as as a young manager the reason keith didn't get on with me particularly is because he felt i was perhaps a bit arrogant i was too confident in a sense right
0: unfortunately those two are quite easily mistaken they are this idea of like i don't need you to pat yeah. me on the back or tell me how good i am or i don't need i don't need to worry about how you feel about me good or bad to be feeling good about myself yes but when you have that It sounds like you don't give a shit about other people Mm. because you don't care about their opinion of you. Yes, because your opinion of you is good.
1: I think I would have been like that in my youth. My wife would have said that definitely. She's known me for quite a long time, so Um, yeah, I think I would have. That's how I might have shown up in the past. Okay. Um, And then achiever. Well, achievers want to get stuff done, so I'm a very busy person. But I do this kind of. Oh yeah, yeah, all of that. Yeah, but the difference between me and you is I wouldn't necessarily put some thought into it before I did it right so you would you'd think you know before you go and do something you would think about whether that was the right thing to do or a useful thing to do in
0: accordance with your plan wouldn't you but sometimes i, I i'm mindlessly follow a kind of evolving long to-do list yeah but then every once in a while i'll, I'll check myself and go hang on a minute i've just got a collection of stuff are yeah. all these things still relevant well that'd be overusing
1: achiever you've described it very nicely you know you you'd overuse it and you're not than using some of your other talents yeah i have to really stop and think before i make myself stop and think because um i would just charge ahead uh, if i'm not careful oh okay. competition um that's big for me so i've always uh, i've always wanted to be the best right I'm, i was my earlier ambition was to be um the best tennis player actually i remember in 1975 okay. i I went out and bought when Jimmy Connors won Wimbledon in 1975 for the older listeners (laughs) to to the Adapt Nation uh, podcast. Uh, I went out and bought the Jimmy Connors tennis outfit. I remember that. Nice. Yeah, it was. Little (laughs) shorts. Little um,
0: shorts. They come back in fashion.
1: Yeah, wooden ply racket, you know. (laughs) I think he might have just moved uh, a couple of years after that to aluminum frames. Um, I just wasn't good at it, you know. I I, I I, I don't have great hand-eye coordination. I've got terrible eyesight. I'm asthmatic. I think I really proved that I I proved that I was never going to be a great tennis player. I think I did disprove the notion that anybody can be anything they want. Right. I was not going to be great at that.
0: So um, if if competition's higher,
1: yeah. How do you handle losing badly? It's really it's really hard being um being competitive and being crap at so many. things. Oh, I I feel that I feel your pain. Yeah, um but it's like when my kids were growing up, my wife um, she'd say, "You've got to, you know, Bronnie's only five. You've got to let her win at something." And I've <laughs> yeah. got no, I can't. No,
0: yeah. really struggle. So I mean, it's a, it's a perennial problem. See, I have I have a very similar thing going with my kids. I mean, if I if I cast my mind back, whenever I used to play Monopoly or any other kind of you know board game, Scrabble, whatever it is at home, I'd um I'd really enjoy the game until I know, you know. My, my 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 days are numbered. In the I know when I, when I know that this isn't going my way, I'm definitely going to lose the game. I am struggled to be um what's the word casual? Yes, like you know, comfortable, crack a joke, just like just enjoy the fact we're all playing a game. I'll get so in on the game, and when things are not going my way, you can't you can't get crack a smile at me. You can't just me loose have me loosen up because I'm concerned about. The losing aspect, <laughs> right? And my daughter <laughs> is exactly the same to the point that she'll start either crying, or more importantly, what she'll do is she'll disconnect from a game halfway through at the earliest sign of failure. So, you might have a game of 30 points, she might be down five points right at the beginning, and she switched off. Mm. She just wants to disengage, she'll throw toys at a pram, she just kind of starts moping around. And it frustrates me because I know it's not a good quality to get into life. Like you might be behind, but it doesn't mean you're gonna lose. Yeah. But it's so similar to me, man. Cause I remember when I was a kid, that was, was something that not just as a kid, as a kid, teenager into my 20s, just stuck stuck with me. But I've found a way. I found a way in one of the last kind of coaching type things like this I've done in the corporate space it was a four-day offsite. And we entered into this kind of random game that made no sense, but they were doing it to see how you performed. And I just basically disconnected from the game, didn't want to participate, didn't take it seriously, was joking, laughing, and we lost. And the lady then said to me, "said Steve, like, why didn't you make any effort?" I "said Can't be asked." <laughs> "Wasn't not interested." "I just thought we have fun." "She said, well, but did you have fun losing?" I "Said no, not really." I "Said well, why didn't you put some effort in then?" I yeah. "Like, I was trying to protect myself from getting too serious." Yes, so I thought I'll disconnect, and therefore it doesn't matter. Yes, and, but I did rip, actually, it did hurt losing, but I accepted the losing position before I even started because I thought that'd be an easy way to protect myself.
1: Yeah. fascinating. the you know, kind of
0: person that you express outwards to protect your inner self at times, and that's exactly what I was doing. As, as you reflect on what you just said, how, which of those talents were you using?
1: I got one in mind, but I mean, might spot um, others.
0: I'm not too sure. The, what this idea of disconnecting from the game? Well, I, I, I got the impression that you were using that as a learning experience. You were trying to learn about you, weren't you? I, I don't know, man. I don't it know. felt like it was like a. I was just trying to be aloof and casual, and like, It like was day one. It was, it was, it was the first evening. Yeah. I had to do this in the this four-day event started in the evening, so it pissed me off out of the gate. It's like, yes. well, I'm go get my evening to this. This is an yes. evening affair, so I just thought I'm going to go into this, assuming this is crap, assuming this is a waste of time, and this game clearly is pointless. We've got to throw a ring mm. over a little stick. Can't be asked. <laughs> but it turns out it was like one of the best experiences of my it, of, of my kind of it's interesting
1: in a way yeah it's very similar to the experience i had doing the clifton strengths assessment i was lucky mine it only took 45 minutes to do yours was four days but you know it was 45 minutes that changed my life on that basis wasn't it i went into it with the same mindset as you it was, Ugh,
0: pain in the ass
1: as I, what's the message here i guess sometimes you learn most from things that you don't really want to do don't you yeah no i would agree with that you really do sometimes you learn most some things that you don't want to do
0: <laughs> talk to me about where these talents could either trip me up or so i've got two questions yep let kind of kind of close on this kind of self-reflection because yes. I, I want to learn right yes clearly <laughs> yeah i want to learn who i am and, and be better at yeah, you know, turning up, mm. how can these, these talents trip me up, number uh-huh. one? And number two, given you know my aspirations from what you know of me so far, what's what? missing that I'm going to either have to develop or have people around me to kind of balance out where I'm lacking? Yeah. Um, well, I think without the
1: achiever, as I say, without achiever, if it was all thinking, that could be very... It could be a very slow process of building a business,
0: mm-hmm.
1: couldn't it? But uh, using using the achiever, I think, is the joker in the pack. It's always the – because many of the strategic thinking stuff that you do, I mean, you, you know, you could if you didn't have futuristic, you've still got strategic. It's probably not the end of the world. I think achiever makes a big difference for you. Um, but if you put them all together and then think about what's missing,
0: well – there's no leadership or skills there no so there. so
1: that's what's really interesting again especially bearing in mind your background in sales no influencing in your top 5 mm. um, so. you don't
0: know where that ranks in the top in the 34 though you haven't peeled back the next one. no layer. we'll do
1: that with you next i think okay. we should do the
0: 34 Let's, you don't have to
1: do the assessment again, by the way. <laughs> you can just like open up. Yeah, we just apply Pandora's and, box. Yeah, yeah we just sure. open it up. We'll see what happens. But um, we, typically, people go straight to the bottom and see what they
0: don't have when you yeah, go yeah. through that process. Yeah. 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 But anyway, we'll, we'll we can get to that at another point. So I think leadership is missing, and I'm not surprised by that because I'm I'm very autonomous, and when I've been given leadership roles, and I've not been given many, but I've struggled a little bit. Mm -hmm. I've struggled a little bit to um, I've gotten as I said to you before I kind of especially when I'm trying to lead people to do what I've previously done yes it it leads me down a path of people getting frustrated that they can't win that game and I end up managing them versus coaching them. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So maybe I would do it different. You know, I was r- relatively young. Maybe I, I developed that skill because I'm aware of it. But it's definitely something that doesn't come naturally, which is to take a step back, give people direction, yeah, and let them go do it. You're not without a that de- you're not a great delegator. Him. I don't think so. Not. No. I kind of need it to be like this is what you're going to do. Here's the steps. Do it exactly like this, and let me know when it's done. Yeah, which isn't. It isn't going to work for a lot of people. It wouldn't work for me. No. I wouldn't be able to work for myself. No. Well, you you know, you, you're in your own head a lot, aren't you?
1: I am. Yeah. And again, you know, for thinking. That's the thing, you know. So c- communication, really. I think if I was in your position as a leader, I would think long and hard about the needs of your followers. Gallup have figured out what they are. So this isn't my tasks theory now. This is something they've worked out. You, the One definition of leadership is you must have followers, right? So you're not a leader without followers. Yeah. Okay. So the the four needs of of followers are trust, hope, stability, and compassion. So I would I would think about those things, right? That's the first thing I would say. The second thing is um, again, no influencing in your top five doesn't mean when we get to the top ten, I, I'm pretty sure there will be. But it, you're not a natural communicator, perhaps. You, you seem to be doing pretty well today. So obviously, when you're really focused on what you want to be doing, you can do it very well. But you might think about communicating a clear plan. You may be good enough for you to have a plan on your head, but mm. other people may need it written down. Yeah, and, I mean, you may, that's fair. and And they won't get it as quickly as you. I won't get it as quickly as you. Right. You see a future. I'll need a bit more explanation. Michelle will probably need more explanation about how we're going to get there. Whereas you're kind of like, well, I can see it already, but you haven't documented it. You haven't really made it clear. You haven't proved it. Mm. Some people need proof. They, they need to be shown it, right? It's not good enough that you've come up with the answer. They want to see the workings. So um, I can see you're thinking now. The wheels are turning, aren't they?
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just thinking about this this skill of communication. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that, would say to me, "You're great at communication. Yes, you know, great at doing sales pitches. You know, has that's been demonstrated in the money that you've accrued and the success yes. you brought into companies? Whenever you're trying to impart your knowledge, it comes across for, relatively clear. And that's all well and good. And I and, and I accept those things. I, I don't I don't dispute those. But I also know that conversing can sometimes be a challenge for me." Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's a weird setup where i am comfortable fact, communicating fact yeah i'm comfortable sharing my passion but i can struggle with ad lib general day-to-day yeah chit chat you, do, you don't really do chit chat just chit chat you're not a chit chat person I, I, I can do it but yeah. it kind of has to have a little bit more yes. like substance like yes. I get bored yeah. when when it's just, we're meandering around nothing yeah. in particular. I've got to have something I can zero in on and go a little deep on. But it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't reflect without you saying that and saying I'm, I'm a communication, something I struggle with. Mm-hmm. But in certain parts of my life, I absolutely do. I'll give you an example. If I go to a, a party and I don't know anyone, I get a bit of anxiety about that. Mm-hmm. If you put me on a table and I don't and I know my wife and that's it, some days I'll show up and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna own that table. You know, get people talking, ask mm. questions, like kind of just get them all, all like G'd up so we can have a laugh. And other days I'll be like, I in the moment I've got nothing to say. Mm. Like, no words, <laughs> no questions, nothing of interest. It's like, it's just tumbleweed. That's funny, that, isn't it? Well, we're, we're,
1: we're, we're probably going to find when we do, do, um, do pour into your top ten that, that you will uh, show up as a, a relator, right, or have that talent theme. Because um, that's another thing you haven't got in your, you know, you think about the four domains of executing, influencing, relationship building and thinking. You've got thinking and executing you don't have any influencing in your top five and you don't have any relationship building either. Mm. So, you know, it's a bit of a challenge.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I re-
1: agree. Re- relators um, tend to be um, a bit more introvert. You know, you're not a natural extrovert, are you? You're no, not, no, no, I'm definitely an introvert. Yeah, you're not the life yeah. and soul of the party, right? No. Um, but,
0: uh, and relators tend to... With a drink, I can be. But... I'm sure you can <laughs> be, no. But... I need a, I need a drink yeah. to loosen up, re- you know what la- l- I mean? Relators like, tend get, to work best with a
1: small group of friends uh, and, and trusted people they trust and i actually mean this genuinely and we're just saying this i'm i feel privileged to be here because you know you and i don't know each other that well but obviously we connected at a level and you know you've invited me it means, it means quite a lot you wouldn't even you would not have invited me here today if you didn't trust me would you
0: no of course not
1: right so i mean trust hope stability compassion right these things are worth thinking about if you're leading any kind of organization whether it's um you know a business a family or whatever always worth bearing in mind those things i think the other thing i'd like i'd love to ask you this question so let me do that when you were devising your complex account plans for complex sales and stuff was that all written down somewhere
0: it had to be eventually yeah yeah, yeah it couldn't stay all in my head no. it did need to demonstrate itself both to me and others mm. so i can kind of see what's missing but do you think fleshing? you spent as much time communicating
1: with the people that work for you as you did with the clients you wanted to win no no
0: no i spend more time with the clients yeah and and if if you think about uh my career it's always been client-centric yeah it's always been at the detriment of my relationships at work so like i'd give shit to the the techs, or the support people, <laughs> yeah. or the program managers, or, you know, I'd, I'd create problems internally, just because I wasn't very, um when I was younger, I wasn't very uh, elegant in how to escalate. No, right. So something will go down, the clients in distress, or some client needs something, or I need something, because I can sell them something if we can do this one thing. And I'll go quite heavy handed into internal dialogue of like, this is what needs to be done. Yeah. Bull in the china shop type stuff. I definitely developed and found a way to soften that uh, as I kind of matured in my career. But in- instinctively, I want to fight the corner of my client yes. first. Yes. And the relationships at work were secondary yes. to my client. Yeah. Is that does that yeah, it does surprise completely. you or is that? No, it doesn't expensive. surprise
1: me. And that and that that is in itself that's a slightly different topic, but it's an interesting uh discussion, isn't it? We're, you know, who's paying you, the client or the company, yeah. the staff or the whatever your ambitions are, you know. But um Yeah, what was your question? Oh, yeah, how does it all work together? Well, yeah, I think things can once you understand what you've got, you can begin to really work on it, can't you? And it takes quite a long time, actually. I mean, I'm still I'm still really drilling into what I've got and reflecting on it um, on a, almost on a daily basis, actually. That's the way to do it, is to be mindful of these things as they work and observe your thought patterns. Um, you can see them working. Right? I, I
0: think it's it's a great thing to be able to zoom out from you, mm. get out of your ego, get out of your head, and take this high-level view. Like, And and I can almost imagine it like as a description. Like... Zoom out your body, and or take a you know have it look at a picture of yourself from like outer space. Yes, like there's Steve. Yeah, you know in his in his little country pad in the UK. Zooming out, that's where the UK is in the context of the world. Like, yeah, one first of all he's he's insignificant and he's he's around for very little time. So let's mm-hmm. not get a big ego about this. Mm. <laughs> but secondly, how am I being able to observe myself outside of myself? Yes. So I don't. I'm not attached to my own decisions and my own life. But what do I need to do? Yes. I don't do enough of that. But as I'm kind of opening up my mind to take an external view of myself, it's I find that really exciting. Which is like you know, stop living in the here and now, the action or the problem that's happened to you right this second, but take a step back and see the bigger picture. Yeah.
1: Again, you would do strategic, futuristic. I mean, but no, you know, I haven't done that. No, well then, a bit more.
0: yeah. And actually, you've
1: been—you've been very. Um, you, you know, there's a thing called confident vulnerability. Have you heard of that? It re- it relates. Yeah. I haven't heard of it. It's really, it's, it's a really powerful coaching concept. That's what you're. you're as a coach, you're trying to be that, and you you know you have to open up a little bit to other people, um, and it's very it, you know because we we all put a face on right, and you know we uh, game face, don't we? And we try and be something that perhaps we're not entirely. What I've found so powerful about about the uh, Clifton Strengths is for me, it's enabled me and allowed me to be me, right? And accept yes, accept it as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. and not trying to do
0: things that you no don't naturally. No. And a lot of well people
1: with. go through lives and don't accept that. Yeah. And don't really fully accept themselves. Um, or measure
0: yourself against someone who's mm-hmm. got a talent that you don't have. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, I've done that a lot. Yeah. I, I remember when, um, before I discovered this, I remember watching uh, Obama on the TV, Barack Obama. When yeah. Be, you know, oh, God, I just love the guy. I mean, it, he's just so calm, he's so measured. He's, you know, he's, and I've been thinking, oh, I'd love to be, but I'm not going to be like him. I'm just not, you know, and success in life doesn't come from emulating other people. You can yeah. model behavior to some extent, right? But um,
0: but really, you've got to be you, haven't you? And if you don't know who you really are, how can you be you? I, I totally agree. And and I think there's, I think there's a an empowerment that can come with really understanding what you're good at and stop trying to be great at things that, are going to require lots of effort, and at best, you're going to be average. Absolutely. Like, stop wasting your time yeah. trying to be a strategic guy if you uh-huh. can't be. No. Stop trying to, you know, obsess about, you know, trying to match the standard of your peer group if. You've got standards which shit all over theirs, but you just gotta focus in on that. Be yes. you. Yes. Be you. This is basically what you're saying. Be, be you. you be the be best you. version of you. Be
1: the best version of you and partner with people
0: that have complementary yes. strengths. Right. I think that's what great leaders do is they Absolutely. acknowledge they can't be the accountant, mm-hmm. the leader, the executor, the operator, yeah, the sales guy. Yeah. You know, they can't be the governor. No, they've got to they've got to defy, divide and conquer and find people around completely. them to completely. Kind of you like think about um, great sports people. Um, you know Usain Bolt.
1: You watch him run. Yeah, plenty. Right. I mean, six foot six. You know that's a lot to get out the blocks. Yeah. You watch him run, and when he first started, was he getting out the blocks quickly? No. No. By the time he'd finished, was he getting out the blocks quickly? No. He's no. T- he's he never did. Yeah. He never <laughs> did. Now, traditional coaching would have said. Well, you know, we're going to have to get this guy. He, no, you've got to be explosive. You've got ten seconds to reach that line. He never got it. He's too big. I mean, you couldn't get out the block yeah, that height. I mean, someone my height. You know, for the for the for the um, for the listener, um, I'm a little bit shorter than six foot six um you, you jockey know, shape jockey sh- I, I can get out of the blocks <laughs> quick but you know it took him a long time but then him, when he's motoring when he's motoring yeah. yeah i mean so traditional coaching has been um well let's focus on your weaknesses
0: and try and iron them out doesn't work be aware of them and then focus on what you're really good at so absolutely i think that's i think that's great yeah well said the last thing i wanted to touch on uh, before we wrap this up was one word you've touched on a few times which really connects with me um and it's something again that i'm trying to mature into which is compassion Mm -hmm. so i'd I'd say anyone who would know the younger steve would say i'm not very i wasn't very compassionate
1: no
0: um a lot of people would say i'd be very arrogant because Mm -hmm. of this self-assurance but then those same people that would spend any time with me beyond the the first glitz and glamour of who steve was his his suit his watch his stuff like that (laughs) would realize it's comfortable being vulnerable i did care a lot and um i was willing to take feedback but arrogance would be something people would label me on mm-hmm. number one and the second be mm-hmm. probably not very compassionate no but as this adaptation thing has been developing and i'm trying to find you know my purpose my mission yeah you know, what am i here to do and what kind of impact can i have it keeps coming back to helping others be their best helping others incrementally not necessarily in a life-changing way today but continue to be that resource of encouragement and incremental improvement so you can just show up and be a better husband a better yep. wife a better father you know better worker a better an entrepreneur whatever it is you want to be but that's got to come from a place of care and, and it is genuine care mm-hmm. but it's it's a skill i've not had to use no um and if i'm honest i would have said i'm a I, I would have labelled myself historically as quite a selfish individual, yeah. focused on my needs beyond, uh, above and beyond others. But I'm entering into this new kind of chapter in my life where seeing and identifying others doing well is exciting me. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's a weak muscle at the moment for me, but it's a genuine interest. Do you have a concern that if it doesn't feature? in you know your top list that i'm trying to put a square peg in a round hole so to speak <laughs> or do you feel that compassion is something that people can grow in and mature into i'm just curious as to what you think
1: do you know let me answer that in a slightly roundabout way um because it's a really good question when i got my full 34 strengths back i, I had to have that to do the coaching course this the, the uh, certification for gallup so, I only got the top five like you did originally. And then I applied to be a coach, and the, the you have to do the full 34 thing, and then you apply. And I got this report back, and it was this long list of just, just you know, one, two, three, four. So, I knew the top five uh, command, communication, self assurance, achiever, competition, you know, all those five. And uh, so I can remember them now. <laughs> well and then, then I started <laughs> to go down the list, and I'm looking for empathy because I knew that was one of the talents. And I thought, well, you obviously, you need empathy to be a coach, right? You well, think so? Yeah. Well, Yeah, of course you do. So, top well, it wasn't top five. Obviously, I knew that. I was was probably (laughs) nine, ten, eleven. You know, down got to (laughs) twenty. Still okay. Thirty-one. No. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I took it. I took this report to my wife, and I said, I said, well, I've got two problems with this thing. I said, said, I've got three. Firstly, it's wrong, Uh, and secondly, um, if they see this, they probably won't want me on the course. And thirdly, blimey, you know, what does it say about me as a person? <laughs> right, you know. And she said, well, it's definitely not wrong. The report is correct. So I'm going, what do you mean? <laughs> she said, well, you've got very little empathy. <laughs> <laughs> empathy, not to be confused with sympathy, by the way. Yes, okay? very different, yeah. Right. And compassion isn't on the list. So if you don't, compassion is not a talent as such. Some empathy is really being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Not sympathize, but understand exactly. the situation. Exactly. To, to yeah. sense the emotional temperature in the room. And I don't have that. I'd be very surprised if you do, by the way, just to warn you. So when we do get your 34 back, mm. very unlikely combination with uh, strategic and future. I'm in research. my head a lot. So You're in your head a lot. not spend enough time thinking about yeah. other people's Yeah, so situation. be aware, your empathy is going to be quite a long way down. Probably, yeah. I found out later, empathy for men is on average 20 anyway. Is it? Yeah, and for women... Much bit, higher, isn't it? A, a, bit, a bit higher. Four or five places, I think, higher. Okay. But anyway, it's an interesting one. But... um Yeah, so what I found out on the coaching, by the way, is that having little or no empathy isn't a bad thing for a coach. It might be um, for a counsellor, someone who's more emotionally involved. But even then, you get too emotionally involved with people, you can't really be objective. So um, not actually a bad thing not to have that. Would it really affect? Compassion is very different. I think compassion is a quality, not a talent. And compassion does need you to care about other people. And I do. Um, And for me, I'm on a similar... You know, I'm I'm not doing this for the money. Um, Yeah, I do get paid quite a bit of money sometimes, but I do a lot of pro bono stuff as well, and you know, charity work. I really I do care about people and the difference I make, and, and you do as well.
0: So it's a, it's a quality you can develop. That's the good news. <laughs> good, good. Well, it feels it feels it's it's a a natural port my heartstrings to, mm. you know, continue to not create things that are gonna make a quick buck no. or you know jump on the bandwagon of some you know online marketing thing that i can sell a bunch of stuff because this is what's popular and this is what's hot right now yeah i know it doesn't make a difference i don't want to do that no you know maybe i'm blessed with not needing to right? yeah you know money is secondary right now to, yes. Instead, creating something that I know is genuinely of value. Yeah. That if if I can see adds value to my small circle of friends and family and me, I'm hoping it can make it can add value to others. And I want to start with adding value. So I guess I guess, you know, for me, it's is it compassion or is it bigger picture? It might be bigger picture. It might be me thinking, you know what? Genuinely, the world is about evolution, right? Nature is all about evolution. It's about us progressing Life, right, and it's not just procreating, but it's continuing to evolve and adapt and be better. Um, things that don't do that die. Mm-hmm. Businesses that don't mm. evolve die. That's right. Species that don't evolve become extinct. Um, so at the highest level, we're all about evolving, right? Yes. And maybe I'm attached to a higher purpose, which is I want to do my bit to support evolution. Yeah. In here and now, in a small infantis and small time that i'm on this world i Mm. want to help move the ball forward ever so slightly but i genuinely feel that you know if i can see and when i do get feedback and i see people you know stepping into the new terrain or doing new different things through our our dialogue or through the things that they're consuming from adaptation it warms me up it Mm. makes me genuinely happy that Mm. people are entering into a new part of their lives where they're thinking slightly different eating different foods working out whatever it is but yeah, I wonder if it's more higher purpose versus empathy. And it might be. Yeah, it
1: might well be. It might well be. I think what you're describing is something that I've got a keen interest in as well, which is helping people to have a higher level of consciousness. Right? You know, um, and actually, you can't really be, you can't be, I mean, consciousness means being where you are, focused on what you're doing but having a much wider regard for other people and the environment that you're in. That's how mm. I would define it. Yeah, I, I think and, that's And fair. I don't think you can be... Um I mean, you know, Buddhism. We've been with time to do this today, but Buddhism is really about um, the Buddha was the awakened one. It's waking people up to a to a, a bigger purpose, a bigger cause, utilizing more of their capabilities. And the first step is to be aware of what you have, which is what I've got here. I think with the yeah. the Clifton Strengths Assessment, it's to, it gives you an awareness tool. And then once you're aware of what you have, um, I would hope with your learner, you know, you're going to go out and learn more about other people in the, in, in this sort of sense,
0: right? That would be my view. This has been a fascinating conversation hasn't Kevin. it it's been really really good I didn't know where it was going to go but no. I'm glad we've had the conversation we've had and I hope for the people that have listened in whilst it's very self-centered it's talking about me and you yeah. um hopefully they can relate and they can hear certain things that are about it sounds similar yes. or they might get inspired to go and do something like this too and I think it I think it's worth most people doing right understand yourself yes. in an objective scientific way so you can accept it understand more about it and and focus in on the areas where you can make a difference versus trying to be great at things you can't be well you can imagine if this assessment had been
1: around uh 30 years ago 1988 when i was managing poor old keith um how a difference it would have made to my life and i only discovered Mm. it three years ago so i woke up rather late to this um you know a lot
0: of apology calls to be putting in, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've been there's reaching few, out to all your previous employees. There's a few people I'm really over the sorry. years.
1: <laughs> there's a few a few people over the years that uh, I've pissed off for sure. Yeah. There's a few people that pissed me off. And actually, I would have um, you know, the, the, here's the here's the last thought I'll give you on this. What this enables you to do is to look at somebody and say, uh, you know, um, it's I know Steve's bugging me, right? But is Steve bugging me because he's been difficult? Or is Steve bugging me because he's different, right? And that's that's what this, you know, you can then say. And sometimes Steve is being difficult, right? Um, if you're not, if you're overusing your talents, you may be being difficult in a real sense. But actually, most of the time, you're just different. And you know, the 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 the, the value in society of embracing diverse diversity, you know, across the piece. You know, there, there's 18 million people. Sorry, 19 million people have taken the assessment. There's no one that's had the same top five in the same order yet. No, absolutely. So Come you know,
0: on. there's not that many permutations. Well,
1: there are. You you work right. So Gallup have worked it out. They've got all the all the metadata on this. Um, the chances of someone else having the t- same top five as you, Steve, in the same order, is one in thirty-three million. Is it? Yep. Wow. So statistically, there's wow. one other Steve Katazi out there. Again, I know someone. Friggin Paul. Out. Paul is quite similar to you, but it's not the same top five, and it's not in the same order. <laughs> um, so there you go. Wow, we are
0: all so different. That's huh? how
1: special you are, Steve. <laughs> That's how unique you are. You're uh, one in you know thirty-three you million. For,
0: you've definitely uh, inspired me and <laughs> <laughs> got me thinking what I need to go do now. Listen, man. Um, is there or well, can you tell people how they can find you online? Sure, um, and just kind of direct them towards this assessment absolutely, absolutely. No, i I'd think that'd be to.
1: useful yeah if you in to find the assessment uh, you can just um you can uh, you can just google clifton strengths or Gallup strengths will get you there okay um you can do the assessment online if you want to um, is it
0: is it is it free to start with no
1: or, no it's it's 20 for the top five i think it's like 50 bucks if you want to get the whole thing okay um so it's not a lot of money and they can do that independent you of a You can do it independently. You can get your right. report. There's, there's, some online, there's a fair bit of online learning material. So if you want to do that, if you really That's want to... cheap. It's That's cheap. It's, it's cheap. cheap. Uh, requires someone to invest a lot of time, but not much money, i okay. say. If you just do the assessment, which is what most people do, and get the top five and do nothing with it, you know, you've know, you thrown 20 bucks away, really, and it's a novelty. Um, bit of fun. Um, okay. But um, to, to get hold of me, you can either go through Gallup and look at the Gallup directory, which has got all their coaches or you can check out salescode.co.uk.
0: Okay, I'll put is, the links in the show cool. notes as well. And and are you on any social platforms?
1: Uh, Facebook, um, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter. Uh, are you got on around, Instagram yet? Haven't got around to that yet. Oh, come on, come join the
0: fun. <laughs> <laughs> we want to see loads of pictures of Kevin. That'd be my next platform to go for, Instagram. Yeah. Cool, Kevin, thank you so much for your time. Mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, and guys, Nation is all about providing you with the tools and expert knowledge to help you improve and optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. Thank you, guys.
1: If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is Adapt Nation.